Morning, everyone. So nice when you hear some, something come back. That didn't happen when I was doing this in my bedroom. Um, well, as uh, Brendan said, my name's Dan, and it's my privilege to bring the word this morning. Um, this morning, I want to talk about how we can get more engaged in our local church family. Um, now, I love the church. I love the church globally. I love the local church specifically. I love, um, I love being a part of a local church. I've been a part of a local church for 38 years since I was born. Uh, I grew up in a local church on the south coast, and um, then I moved here 20, nearly 20 years ago, and I've been a part of this local church for 20 years. And over that time, I've been involved in many different things, engaged in different things. I've been a youth worker. I've been a children's worker. I've been to big meetings with thousands of people in a field. I've been to small meetings uh, with one or two people uh, in a side room. I've been in the worship team. I've preached. I've led meetings. I've um, done tech uh, quite a lot. <laughs> uh, I've stewarded. And I've drunk plenty of coffee. Um, and right now, where I am right now, at the moment, I'm the operations manager for the church. And as Brendan said, me and my wife, we also sit with the core leadership team. And so I'm involved in loads of stuff at the moment, particularly in getting you guys back in here and opening up and working out what all that looks like and thinking about what teams we need and what people we need. And so this morning, as I come to talk about how we can be more engaged in our local church family... It's a great opportunity for a recruitment drive. Like Sarah's just said, we're going to have people back in here next week. What a fantastic opportunity for me to come and me to do a big recruitment drive. But that's not why I'm here this morning. See, a few years ago, I was involved in loads of stuff. I think we worked out that five out of seven nights I was doing church stuff and uh, various roles that I was involved in. But God took me to one side. God stopped a load of that. And he said to me, your identity is currently in what you do, but it needs to be in who you are. It's who you are, not what you do that matters. And he stripped everything away. And I found myself quite empty for a while because I'd been getting my identity in being a youth worker or getting my identity in being on the worship team and actually not in the real thing that matters, which is him. My identity comes from him. I am a son of God. That is where my identity comes from. And as time's gone on, God has healed my heart more and more and spoken to me more and more on that and showed me more of his love. And to the point now where I find myself busy doing local church, for want of a better phrase, engaged with the local church, I find myself busy again, but I do it from a place of knowing I am a son of God not from a place of needing to be busy, not from a place of needing to find identity in what I do. And I think this is so true for us as individuals that we need to grasp our identity and what we're here for before we start doing anything. But I think it's also true for us as a whole church. Before we think about how we can engage uh, with the local church, we need to understand who the local church is and what we're here for. Yeah. What's the local church here for? What is the purpose of the local church? Because if we're not careful, it becomes all about us. It becomes all about what I can do, what I can get out of it. It can become really insular. 
but it's not meant for that purpose. William Temple famously was uh, quoted as saying, the church is the only institution that exists primarily for the benefit of those who are not its members. Yes, we are a family, but we're a family with a purpose. And that purpose can be found at the end of Matthew's Gospel, the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's just spent three years with his disciples. He's just spent three years with these guys teaching them everything he knows, teaching them about the kingdom of God, demonstrating miracles, teaching them about his love and the Father's love. He's died on a cross and he's risen again and he stands before his disciples just before he ascends into heaven to sit at the right hand of his Father. He, he talks to his disciples and he commissions them. And the reason this is important for us is because the disciples that we find in the end of Matthew are the same disciples that in Acts form the first church. They are the first church. They are the beginnings of that first church. And this is what Jesus says to them. Matthew 28, verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says, go, go and make disciples, that they may then go and make disciples. Jesus is saying that you've been with me for three years, you've spent time with me, you've gleaned off me, you've taken everything you can from me, you've heard about the kingdom, you've listened, you've learned, you perform miracles in my name, now go and tell others. Go and tell others and teach them to become more like me. Teach them that they may become more like me. Demonstrate my love that they may become more like me. And in doing so, that they may too then go and do the same. Jesus' disciples have been loved into life. That's That's part of our mission as a church. That we are loved into life. We are loved by Jesus and we, from that we have a life that's poured out yeah. for others and we are living in love. Sorry, I've just managed to shut Keynote on my... Ah. That's not gone well. Stand by. This is why Sarah's saying she uses paper. It's all right, I'll get rid of it. Right, just going to be now. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> Jesus says, this is why we as a church, our, our vision statement, our mission statement is that we are loved into life and living in love. It's so that we can make the love of God real yes. in the real world. Yes. We, as a church family, are here to make the love of God real in the real world that's our purpose that's our vision that's why Jesus sent us so that we as a church family would do that and so that's why I engage with the church family yeah I love the people yeah I love you all at home yeah I hate technology right now but yeah I love all the people but I don't come to hang out with my friends 
I come to be equipped. I come to become more Christ-like. Because I know that when you and me come together, I become more Christ-like, you become more Christ-like, and in doing so, we then go out and we transform the world. That's why we're here. That's the purpose of why we're here. In Acts 2, and I'm going to need this for this, hopefully. In Acts 2, uh, at the beginning of Acts 2, we read this. It says, all the believers were together in one place. All the believers at the beginning of church, at the beginning of the church, all the believers were together in one place. And we read after that, that if you read down, that's when the Holy Spirit turns up, is when they're all together in one place. And then at the end of Acts 2, in verse 42, it tells us what they do, and it says they were all together, and they spent time worshipping together. They spent time listening to the apostles teaching together. They spent time in each other's presence. They spent time eating together. They were all together in one place. And for me, that's the, that's the word. That's how we get engaged with the church family. We realise that we have to be together. And, and I want to split this into two parts. The first of these is they were all together in one place. They gathered. Now this is really, really weird because at the moment I'm stood in a room with about ten other people, three cameras, talking to you guys over the airways, and I'm saying, let's all gather together. But you know, we have gathered this morning. We have gathered together this morning. And I think this year, one of the things that the enemy has tried to do is to scatter his people and to distance people from each other. But do you know what? God is so much bigger than that, that what God did was he made sure that this happened at a time when Zoom existed. He made sure that this happened at a time when we had internet connectivity. He made sure it was at a time when the phones worked. You know, if this had happened 10 years ago, half the stuff we do this morning wouldn't have happened because we couldn't have done it. The enemy's purpose is to scatter us and to disperse us. But God calls his people to gather. And so I want to encourage you to find ways of gathering. Maybe it's coming down here next Sunday. Maybe it's coming down over the next few weeks. We're going to have more and more opportunities on Sunday afternoons, which you can look out for in the weekly news this week, to come and gather. But you can also go and sit in someone's garden. You can also do all those acts of hospitality that Sarah was talking about last week. But there's something amazing that happens when God's people gather for purpose. So when you gather, don't just gather because you want to hang out with people. Don't just gather because you want to chat to people and catch up, although all that is great and I love all that. But gather to pray for each other. Gather to commission each other. Gather to encourage each other. Gather to spur one another on to become more Christ-like. Gather to find out what's happening in people's work situations that you may pray for them. To see the love of God made real in the real world in their situation. The second part of together is together in heart. Now when we read the, uh, when we read in Acts 2, verse 42, somewhere down there, <laughs> it says that they, the people, were together. 
and it says they, but it doesn't say they were the same. See, I don't think that everyone in that place was exactly the same, because, and I know this, because further up in that chapter we read Peter talking to, as he goes out to talk to people, they say, we can hear people speaking different languages. As the Holy Spirit has fallen, fallen, suddenly all these people are speaking our different languages. Now, if they were all the same people, they would not all be speaking different languages. So there were people from all different nations, all different tribes in that place. And all these people heard the gospel, and they were saved. So they weren't all the same people, but they were all together in one heart. And we can be together in one heart. Amen. See, we read about, in 1 Corinthians 12, we read about the body of Christ. And we read about the fact that the, uh, the hands and the arms and the, are all fundamental and the eyes and the ears are all fundamental to the body working. And Jesus, this is used to demonstrate that everyone has something different to bring. Everyone is, has something different to bring to the body of Christ. And so often I've heard that scripture used to talk about Sunday mornings. Because just above it, it talks about spiritual gifts. But that's not what that bit's wholly about. Yes, it's about Sunday mornings and the fact that some people bring word and some people... Uh, lead worship and all that sort of thing but actually we're all called to different spaces we're all called to different places within the church so that the church may function as God intended it to reaching as much of our nation and as much of our world around us as we can and so that's really hard isn't it because we want to be together in one heart but I can't I can't be everywhere I can't I can't be down here for Melody Makers and, I, and while being at the same time in the office where Michael works and you know, driving around with Sam or Andy as they go about their work. I can't be in all those places at once, but I can be together in one heart with them. Yeah, very good. And my wife is a very wise woman. She asked me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> she is. My wife, my wife Ruth is a very wise woman and, and she encouraged me on this recently. And she said, there's, there's three eyes, because she preaches, there's, there's three eyes. And we get to do this. We get to decide what level of involvement we have with things. We can either not be involved at all, but I don't think that's what God's calling us to. Or we can be one of these three things. The first of these things is informed. We can all be informed about what's going on. We can all be informed about what's happening down here with the branch we can all be informed with what's going on in other people's lives we can all be informed about uh, different ministries that's going on whether it be a specific thing the whole church is doing or something that one or two people are doing we can all be informed and then we get to decide how we want to be invested and we can all be invested to some extent we can all pray We can all pray for each other. We can all pray for the work going on. We can all pray that God's spirit and God's hand would be on each other as we go about what God's called us to. And then there's other levels of investment. Maybe you're invested financially. Some of us invest in in CAP or talk through or other things. We can all be invested. And then there's involved. And you know, sometimes we can't all be involved. We can't all be fully involved. We can't all come down here, like I said, 
and do Melody Makers. For starters, we need space for the people from Melody Makers to actually come and be here. If we all turned up, there'd be no space for them. But we can all be informed and we can all be invested. I want to encourage you this morning to be together in one heart, to be engaged with the church family. And yeah, there's stuff to do. Yeah, there's jobs to do. Yeah, we're going to need stewards. Yeah, we could do with a couple more tech people. Nothing against you guys. We just need more. (laughs) I love you to bits. Yeah, there's jobs to do. But to be truly engaged, let's get together. Be together in heart. And that comes from a place of understanding what the church is here for. The church is here to make God's love known. The church is here that we would be built up as a body and then we would tell the world. I'm going to read, thankfully this is on paper. I'm going to read just a, a little bit from an excerpt from a book. It's called Simply Church it's by a good friend of mine, Sim Dendy. It says this, God's love kept Jesus on the cross. We do church because we want to express God's love to a hurting world. We run community projects because of God's love. We write songs and books because of God's love. It's why we do what we do. We live in a broken world surrounded by people struggling with finances, work, relationships, education, addiction, and we have the answer to the world's needs. There are thousands of people within our reach who don't know that Jesus loves them when they feel unloved or that he has a plan and a purpose for them when they feel lost. So if God's love is so great that he sent his son to die for us, then it's only right that we stay focused on keeping the main thing the main thing and not allowing mission drift to happen. That's just where we drift away from our purpose that I was talking about earlier. God's love is what started this adventure of faith, and it's his love that keeps us pursuing the purpose that he has set before us. It's all about Jesus' love for us and how we show that love to others. It's living life how Jesus did, with love. To avoid drifting, we need to keep on reminding ourselves why we do what we do. We can get sucked into church business, but it was never about the organisation. It was for normal, everyday people that Jesus died. The church is the storyteller of hope. God's love is why we keep telling the story. Let's continue to remind ourselves why we're here, what God has called us to be. And then let's choose to be together. I'm going to pray in a sec, but as I was preparing this this morning, I was, uh, I was really struck by the fact that local church, the problem with local church is it's made up of people. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of local church, but that is also one of the problems. And people are fallible. People make mistakes. People say things, do things, get things wrong. And as I was praying this morning, I just, my heart weeped because I just, I just understood that local churches hurt people. Whether it be whether you're from this church and and it's 
hurt you or whether local church somewhere else has hurt you. But I believe this. As you go after God, as you seek God, and as you remind yourself and allow him to remind you of why we are called, who we are called to be and why we are called to do it, that there'll be a healing that takes place. There'll be a healing that takes place in your heart. And so this morning, I just want to pray, you know, pray for us as a church, and I want to pray for people who are hurting, who maybe the church has hurt over the years, that you would find a place of love for the church again. So I'm going to invite Paul and Karina to come back up, and I'm going to pray. Okay, close with a prayer. Jesus, thank you for the church. Thank you for this crazy, bizarre <laughs> um, way that you choose to make your presence and your love known on this earth. Thank you, God, that you choose to use us, a people who are fallible, a people who make mistakes. You choose to use us to demonstrate your love to people, to see transformation in our world. And Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you would remind us afresh of our call. You would remind us afresh of what we're called to as a people, of who we are as a people, your bride, your bride called to see the nations of this world changed for your kingdom. Lord God, and as we do that, that we would be a people that were together. Lord God, we long for the day where we can all come together. Lord God, physically in this place, Lord God. But I pray over this next, these next few weeks, Lord God, that you would remind us the joy of being together, whether that be in the ones and the twos or the twenties. Lord God, and Lord God, that you would join our hearts together, Jesus. Lord God, that we would see your kingdom come in Huddersfield and this nation and the nations beyond, Lord. Lord God, and I pray right now for anyone that's hurting, for anyone that's been hurt by the church. Lord God, as a, a part of your church, I say sorry for the times when I may have hurt other parts of the church. The times when competitions come, Lord God, I say sorry for that. The time when I haven't been graceful, I say sorry for that, Lord God. And Lord God, I pray that you would do a healing work in people's hearts this morning. Lord God, that as you remind us of who we are, Lord God, that that would do a healing work in people, Jesus, this morning. Lord, we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.